0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML.
1: Right now it has been an eventful couple of days uh, in the United States, especially in Washington, uh, with uh, Donald Trump. Uh, I want to get into that in a couple of seconds, but of course the Mueller investigation continues. uh, As late as uh, just a few minutes ago, Trump was on Twitter uh, calling his Attorney General uh, what was the word Laura? Disgraceful. In- Disgraceful. He, he
0: said he described the Attorney General's conduct and then said it's a disgrace so you can you can uh, bring it back to him. Read into him that. Disgrace, Laura
1: Babcock yeah. president of uh, Power Group is with us here in studio. Not the first time he's gone after Jeff Sessions.
0: No and of course this is someone he appointed but I think he had this private sector notion that the Attorney General was going to be someone who would protect his interests much like his personal attorney has done for many years. That's not the case. That's not how the Constitution works or the separation of powers or anything else. Uh, But he has been very critical of Jeff Sessions because Jeff Sessions recused himself from the whole Russia investigation and therefore Trump lost control of it. And uh, so, yeah, he's been critical of Jeff Sessions many times.
1: That was one of the most revealing tweets by Trump uh, when that whole thing happened and Sessions recused himself from this. Mm -hmm. And essentially he was lambasted by Trump at the time because he said, I hired you to have my back. Right. Well, in other words, the, the, the Attorney General is supposed to be there to protect the Constitution, not the President.
0: Right. And I, when you think about the Trump's personal lawyer who uh, allegedly, or I think he actually acknowledged, he paid $130,000 to Stormy Daniels, right, the, uh, the adult film actress who said she had an affair with Trump. So he's used to having a lawyer who will do anything, go to the mat for him. And of course, the Attorney General, that is not their role. It's their role is to run the Justice Department. And of course, so Rob Rosenstein then took over the whole... Russia investigation. And there have been so many developments in the last couple of weeks around what Mueller has come up with and indictments and whatnot. You can see an uptick in Trump's tweets about Russia, when most people out there might be thinking, you know what, big deal, who cares, the economy's good. He seems to still be obsessed with it and pushing that narrative constantly.
1: Well, and as late as last week, still tweeting saying, why aren't they looking into Hillary? Uh, And and uh, the Comey investigation again, and not investigating what was, what may have happened during the election, but investigating Comey himself. So he's obviously working on a different track than what Mueller's working on.
0: Well he's trying to do this, it's it's a common thing that you would do in this kind of a crisis PR situation. He's trying to establish an alternative narrative. He's, starting to, he's trying to create false equivo- equivalencies, right? So if, uh, on the one hand, they're trying to say that anything that comes out of the FBI and Mueller isn't valid because the FBI has issues, and so so they've really been focusing on a couple of FBI agents and their text messages during their affair and during the election that make it look as though there are some people in the FBI who really don't like Trump, and I'm sure that's true. Uh, so they're pushing out, well, that must discredit the Mueller findings, so whatever Mueller comes out with in advance, we're going to make it less significant. But then on the other hand, they're doing the second tract, which is, okay, now let's create a, a false equivalency. Let's say that no matter what comes out, Hillary Clinton and what her crimes are worse, right? This whole locker up chant, all of that has been about... Uh, creating a, an alternative theory of of what's really a crime if you will.
1: Yesterday, the announcement that he's already named a campaign director for the 2020 campaign, (laughs) you can tell where his focus is.
0: Right, of course. For people who think that he's going to go gently into that good night and not stay around and fight, I think it's ridiculous. Trump likes to fight, and he feels as though, I think, this Russia word is an existential threat to his legitimacy. Even if Mueller comes up with no collusion, even if Mueller simply comes up with what he's tasked to do, which is to find out whether or not Russia uh, is hurting the U.S. electoral process and what, if anything, they did with the Trump campaign. I think that Trump looks at it and says, well, any mention of Russia being involved means that somehow I'm not a legitimate president, somehow takes away from my victory, much like his focus on Hillary, because she actually won the popular vote. And that's not something that he can get over. The Electoral College win was simply not enough. So I think you've got someone who likes to fight and will run again, is announcing early that he's running again because he wants to have a definitive victory this time. He wants to remove all doubt.
1: It's, it's noteworthy to, to mention once again, too, about uh, the Russian involvement. We already know there is, and most of the uh, intelligence agencies in the States are on the same page on this. Uh, but the, the, the detractors, the Sean Hannity's and others, have said look, it don't, you know, the, the money that they spend and the small, you can't influence a U.S., you can, though. And and it's done strategically. I mean, all you needed to do to win that election was to influence what happened in Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Mm -hmm. Ohio in key areas there, which were heretofore given to to Clinton. They thought they were going to be Democratic, and they turned out not to be. Now, we... uh, I'm not going to suggest right now because we don't have any proof that that was the influence, but that's where some of that money was spent. That's all you had to do. It'd be a waste of time to try to influence votes in Utah and Mm -hmm. and in Alabama. You already knew how those events were going to be, but those were pivotal swing states.
0: There's a number of things that have come out that Russia has been up to. Uh, One of the things is just sowing discord, causing this real tribalism, and they exploit U.S. conflicts, narratives. They try to exploit the Parkland shooting uh, with bots, with fake accounts, just to drum up all kinds of conspiracies and get people outraged, right, because it destabilizes. So that's one thing that they do. I think five states, they found out that there was actual um, foreign Russian attacks on their electoral systems during the election. But did they influence actual votes? They haven't found that out yet. And because the U.S. system is so states-based, it's it's compli- mm-hmm. you can't just go to a central technical place and, and put in a virus, right? It's, it's much more complicated for them to influence the actual ballot boxes. But they do something else as well, which is they put out these fake stuff on social media. And in that case, they targeted those states that you refer to, they they micro-targeted, where should we put up these false memes about Clinton, and they changed images. And so these are not simplistic trolls, these are very organized, and they plan on doing it again. And that's why you have, I think it was Sweden, as one of the Scandinavian countries, that came out with a whole raft of things they're going to do to protect their elections from the Russians, uh, things that are no-brainers, that you would hope the U.S. just copies the list and goes ahead and does before 2018. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play and listen to the Bill Kelly Show weekdays from nine to noon on AM 900 CHML.